Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses and the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, in fact, many of our listeners who tune in every week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to swing by, check us out on iTunes. When you subscribe, you will get fresh content every single week in addition to immediate access to a comprehensive library of over 230 topics covering a breadth and depth of subjects relevant to business creators just like you. And every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us serve more business creators just like you. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, Long-time listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show know that a couple times a year, we bring in some topics related to investments, particularly real estate investing. And when we seek out these topics and when they approach us, we look for things that are unique or niche, not just, you know, how to flip a house. Uh, We look for something that really stands out and opens the horizons of the business creator to all the new opportunities to leverage their revenue and put their savings and their investments to work for them. So we have a very interesting topic today, and it's about long-distance real estate investments. Very interesting topic, long-distance real estate investing, which literally means what it sounds like, investing in real estate that's not nearby. To share with us today how this all works, I'm very excited to have with us today Billy Keels. And just to tell you a little bit about him, uh, you know, while becoming a real estate entrepreneur, Keepon Cashflow's founder, Billy Keels, continues to work in the corporate world. In fact, he's one of the best corporate soldiers you'd ever want to meet. So... Think of this maybe, uh, you might think of the term side hustle, as I know some of our listeners are nine to fivers, uh, drawn to paycheck and at the same time building the entrepreneurial dream. Uh, So this is a guy you may want to learn something from and how he has created something that enables him to put his money to work for him and invest while continuing to thrive in the corporate world. So that's why I kind of enjoy the opportunity to have him here today. And I'm going to have him tell his story in his own words in just a second. But first of all, let's in, invite him in. Billy, come on in. The weather's fine. Oh, fantastic. Adam, thanks so much for that warm introduction. And I'm really looking forward to the conversation and sharing with the audience today. Awesome. Awesome. So tell you what, um, your bio reads like almost like a, a fable or uh or a, a story for the side hustler or the nine-to-five entrepreneur or any other term we apply to that. Uh, plus, you have cracked the code on this niche of long-distance real estate investing. So normally I read off the full official bio, uh, but basically what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say very briefly about Billy, about you, that using the principles you've learned from reading uh, books such as Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad series, you've carved yourself a niche for yourself as a real estate entrepreneur. And using these uh, systems and strategies unique in the investing world, you're going to share with us what you know online uh, about this particular topic of long-distance real estate investing. But for those of our listeners who are just getting a chance to get to know you, uh, who may be right now opening up a separate tab and looking you up on Google, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Billy Kills the Man and a little bit about your personal journey um, over, say, past 15, 20 years and which brought you to this point uh, where you serve uh, entrepreneurs and business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and passion. Well, you know what? I appreciate those, those kind words once again. And I'll tell you what, Adam, it, Billy Kills is a, just a guy from the Midwest of, uh, of the United States. I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I have parents who were very much working class, really sacrificed a lot for me and my brother and sister so that we had opportunity to to go to, um, you know, good schools and things like that. And they always Uh gave us the opportunity or they really wanted to put us in positions that they didn't have a chance to do, right? Neither one of my parents went to college, but they worked really hard and 
and, and always inspired us to think and try and do new different things. So we, we, as a child, right. moved around a lot, lived in, uh, lived in Ohio, lived in uh, Colorado, lived in Texas, and then back. Um, and, you know, always was inspired because I was always kind of like the new kid in class. My brother and sister and I were there um, and had a chance to go to college just in the southwest of Ohio. Uh, and after that, had a pretty amazing job, which gave me an opportunity to work and travel throughout some 58 different countries in five years. And afterwards, I didn't actually see myself going back to a normal nine-to-five. So uh, I did a one-year right. sabbatical, and that was around 2001, moved to Paris, and had planned on being there just for uh, one year. But uh, as things would happen, uh, I had not only lived in Paris, I moved down to the south of France. I started working in the IT sector. Uh, when I started working there, I had a chance to also, I was promoted and moved to, uh, to Italy, uh, where I spent about seven months there, uh, then eventually went back. Uh, but I met a very beautiful little Spanish woman when I went back to, to France uh, and eventually moved to Barcelona, Spain. And so since being in Barcelona, I've had a chance to um, well, not only got married, but I have two kids and just consider myself extremely uh, fortunate. Uh, and, and I guess we can talk a little bit about how I got into real estate uh, investing. Uh, but that's kind of yeah, who Billy do. is. Uh, happy, happy, happy father, happy, uh, happy husband. And, um, and yeah, just uh, that, that's a bit of who I am. That's a bit of who I am. Absolutely. So tell us about uh, what started you out on this journey you've uh, undertaken with long distance real estate investing. We want to get the background of where you came up with this and how you got started. Yeah, cool. So, you know, it, I wish I could tell you it was a great story how I got started in real estate, but quite honestly, it started out of a lot of frustration. Um, because, you know, like most people, I, in, I believed in the uh, go out to work, get great grades and, and get a great job. And then afterwards, you know, kind of climb the corporate ladder and put your money in the 401k and, and do these kinds of things. And uh, I, I had my first negative experience back in two, right after 2000, um, because most of the investing that I was doing was placed in the, in the market and, I, and my portfolio went down. And so that was pretty frustrating. And then by the time it started to really get back, well, there was another dip in the market just after 2008. And so I saw, you know, just over 30% of my portfolio that went down. And, and I got just super frustrated because I felt like I was doing all the right things, uh, everything that I've been told. I got the good grades. I went to school and, and, and started in the corporate job. But I felt like financially I, I just wasn't moving ahead. And so at that time, uh, I saw a, 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 um, at my house, at my, at my dad and stepmom's house, there was this little purple book, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I picked it up and I kind of put it back down. And then a couple of years later, I ended up picking it up again and read it cover to cover. And I was like, wow, this is complete. I'd never thought about real estate as a as an investment vehicle. And so even though I read it and I was super excited about it, I went out and I read even more and more and more books. And eventually – I decided that I wanted to get started. It's probably is about three years between the time I finished the book and the time that I actually bought my first property. Um, but, but that was because I was living in Spain, and everything that I'd learned from the book, I wanted to put that into, into motion. And so I looked at buying an apartment here in, in Barcelona, Spain, where I live now. And, right. uh, you know, the numbers just didn't work out exactly the same way. And so then I looked at buying a parking space because that's something that's, pretty popular here, pretty similar like if you live in New York City or, or, or out in L.A. or even um, probably even Vegas, I would assume. Um, but what, it, just, it was going to take so long for me to get my capital back that I just got frustrated. And I almost stopped again until one day someone said, well, Billy, you know what? Have you ever thought about buying back in the United States? And I thought, well, that's crazy because that's thousands of miles away. How am I going to possibly do that? Um, and one thing led to the next. And eventually, the, that is what I decided to do, was to go back and, and purchase, although it was tens of thousand miles, or they would say here kilometers away, um, I went and actually made my first property purchase. And it, being so far away, Adam, I would say it's probably been the biggest benefit for me as well, because not only have I found a, a way to not only start to have more control over my financial life, but it also, being so far away, I was forced to actually create a business, create processes that would help me be able to maintain control and oversight because I didn't have the advantage of just walking down the street to see my property. 
So that's a little bit about kind of it started from frustration, and now it's turned into being so far away and long distance, it's made me much more disciplined as an investor. Okay. Uh, you actually presaged one of my follow-up questions, which was how is this a benefit? Uh, so uh, I do have to ask the question, why not invest in real estate right over there in Barcelona? Well, I could do that. The, 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 the reason that I didn't is when I started to compare what was available here in Barcelona and then looking at other cities in major European cities, it really, they looked like investing in New York City or, or in, in L.A. or something like that. And because my goal is actually cash flow, it, the, market, the market here in Barcelona compared to what my goals are, which is to create very boring, simple cash flow, it just wasn't a match. And it was going to take a very long time for me to get a return of my capital um, as well as the return on my capital. So that it was really for more of a, right. a return perspective why I didn't decide initially to go to, uh, to, to here in Barcelona. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering about that because um, on the surface you may think, well, if you're going to live in Barcelona and you're going to invest in real estate, why not do something you can physically see? So just to be clear, uh, which you've ended up doing in some cases since you're doing long-distance real estate investing, is you're investing in properties you've never seen. Correct. Well, and that's one of the other things. It's the, not initially, I may not have seen them, but one of the things that a lot of, like a lot of entrepreneurs, when we have a, a vision, we're able to go out and also share that vision with other people. And as long as our team understands what that vision is, they can help us to understand. So we use a lot of technology to be able to see properties virtually, and also now working with people that are on the ground where we're working. It actually works out really well, so we can get and see properties much faster. Uh, and make decisions uh, in a more informed way. Oh, okay, okay. Now, are we talking, like, about those uh, technologies that let you do the virtual house tours? Well, part of it is that, but even more simple technology, Adam, like having a team on the ground that can send to take a video of a particular property that I may be, that I'm looking at uh, or the team is looking at, they can send a video. So actually get a feel for what the particular property looks like, what the area around the property looks like, to get an idea as to whether or not that would be um, something that would be interesting for our portfolio and now for our investors. So it's kind of a check. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. But, uh, yeah, do you feel like it's a gamble in any way, or do you feel that uh, you have everything uh, so tightly managed that there's really no guesswork to it? Well, I would say, you know, it's primarily there's not much guesswork in it at, at, at this point in time because the, the processes that we have in place, the teams that we have in place, they know specifically what we are looking for as a company. They understand what our investors are also looking in. So a lot of the guesswork is, is taken out because we can communicate well with one another. We get to see the, the numbers. And also now because of technology, can get a very good sense of what the neighborhoods look like and what the specific property or, or opportunity will look like. So now the, the, the right. guesswork now, is pretty, pretty, pretty much gone. Okay, great, great, great. So uh, did you deal with any struggles or conflicts around, along the way as you were developing this? Well, you know what? It's a, it's a great question, Adam. So, in, and I guess like most of us uh, entrepreneurs or those of us that are looking for a side hustle, in the beginning, it's never easy because you don't really know what you don't know. There's a lot of great theory that you can see in the books, but until you actually go out and you, and you get your first property or you get your first customer, that's when you now start to see, okay, well, where, where is, what's the difference between what I read in the books and, and what the reality is? And so one of the things that, that we saw in the beginning was exactly what you're talking about. How, you know, how, do you, how do you actually go out and purchase a property if you don't see it? But because that was one of the first challenges is that we weren't seeing the property, as an entrepreneur, I had to come up with, a, I had to come up with a, a solution to the problem. When I couldn't see the property, well, how do we actually get a better idea so that I feel comfortable about the property that's going to be purchased and in the problem that I'm going to solve in that specific market. And so the idea was that was the challenge. And just like 
all the other entrepreneurs that are listening, we had to come up with a solution for the for that challenge. And that solution was being able to work with teams of people that understood the market locally and were able to send visuals, so send a video or send pictures uh, and be able to have a, a much better idea. So that was kind of one of the challenges and what uh, what we did to, to overcome that challenge. Right, 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 right. So how is this overall? Um, being a long-distance real estate investor, uh, you know, why would a guy with a, excuse me, a successful corporate career want to do something so different? Because, I mean, I've heard of side hustles, and I've heard of side hustles, but this one, when I first heard of it, it was like, whoa, really? What's up with that? Uh, very interesting. So, what? So, I mean, so tell us about that. Yeah, you know, Adam, it's, it reminds me of one of, I think it was last year, one of the, um, one of, you, you also had a, you spoke to somebody who was, was talking about uh, sales training, and you told a story uh, about working uh, in, in fast food restaurants, and you talked about, you know, realizing that your compensation was tied to the amount of time that you were working. And so in a very similar light, when you're working in the nine to five, you get a chance to learn a lot of things and you get a chance to, to make your impact. At the same time, there was this, this feeling in my stomach that, you know what, I could also be doing more. I could, I could be in a position where I could contribute uh, to, to others as well. And so that's really what started it pretty much the same type of epiphany that you had. Um, I also had, and that was, and that's been the driving force behind wanting to go out and actually do something just beyond uh, buying real estate uh, as an investment, but also being able to build a business around it. So in a very similar light that you had, it was kind of the same kind of thing happened to me as well. Right, 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 right. Now, um, tell us about, uh, because, you know, one of the themes underneath your story here, Billy, is your experience with different countries and different cultures. So um, how does that help you grow your wealth? Well, I, I believe any time that you have a chance to come into contact with people uh, that are, um, let's say, different than, than you, or you, and you could even be on the East Coast of the United States and the, and the West Coast of the United States, it just helps us yeah. as entrepreneurs be – it helps us to be more aware uh, of, of the differences. And once we realize that we're there to solve a problem, then we can understand how we may want to approach – someone from a, a different culture that may speak a different language, uh, but with always with the same focus of being able to solve their problems. If you can speak their language, I'm, I'm very fortunate having lived in Europe for the last 15 years. Uh, I also speak four other languages aside from, aside from English. So being able to make that connection, not just linguistically, but also culturally, in the exact same way that you are as, as any of us are as entrepreneurs, when we see that there's a problem, um, it doesn't matter if the person comes from Tokyo, from Las Vegas, from New York, uh, but if you if you can because you're trying to solve a similar problem, but if you can also give a reference to um, somewhere in, in in Las Vegas or somewhere in New York City or somewhere in Tokyo, that can also help you uh, as an entrepreneur looking to solve a problem. So I would say it's something that started at a very early age with me because we moved around a lot, as I mentioned before, with my parents. And so have that sensibility to, to always uh, want to understand locally but, and at the same time be looking to solve uh, a problem uh, for someone. So that's, that's really how it's helped me specifically, and that sensibility has also helped uh, others that I'm now currently helping in my side hustle. Right. We may have people in the United States right now or North America thinking, oh, well, we have Billy here investing in American properties from over there in Barcelona, Spain. Well, what if we want to do it in the opposite direction? So getting a little more technical about this whole idea of long-distance real estate investing, uh, what are some distinctions and differences between the European and American markets, and how do these differences work to one's advantage? So one of the things that I would also say is real estate in general, as we've heard many times, it's very local. It's very, very local. So one of the things, although there are lots of differences, I think to help other entrepreneurs that are thinking about this as a side hustle or not, is maybe I can give them a couple of, of things to think about. 
where they can find some similarities because when they can find the similarities it will help it will help you to to, to see the where the opportunities are and one of the things that I would recommend uh, whether you're in North America looking you know if you're in Canada and you're looking somewhere in the United States or you're in the United States looking in Canada or in Mexico or you're somewhere else is really look be be, un, be clear as to what are you really what is it that you really want to achieve are you someone who likes the thrill of the, of the of the highs and lows and maybe you want to to be in fixing and flipping because that's something that would help you in your desire for those highs and lows or are you someone like me that's pretty you just want very simple uh, what I like to call simple boring cash flow because once you are clear on what it is that your goals and objectives are then that clarity I always like to say Adam can gives you a very distinct power and what that power does is it allows you to do two things that are that are very concrete and this is one of the things that one of one of my mentors always told me is it gives you the power to decide on what you want to do but more importantly what actions that you want to take so it gives you the power to act and so when you can recognize where the market opportunities are because there are specific jobs or or, or what have you and it ties back into what your goal is, either fixing and flipping and creating lots of big piles of cash or uh, cash flow, you actually have the clarity to go out and do that. So I would say that more as a process, and that will help anybody, whether they're looking in, in Europe or Latin America or, or North America. One of the things that I would also say is, as a, as a general rule, and based on me living in Europe for more than 15 years, comparing it to the U.S., there are many more opportunities to cash flowing investors or those that are interested in those very single, like, or sorry, very simple base hits, I like to call them, uh, much more of those opportunities in the United States versus uh, Europe specifically. Right, right. These are all very interesting things to consider. So now let's uh, look at, uh, here's another question that I have for you. Uh, you know, let's think about mm -hmm. people who are baby boomers or people who are in the process of entering retirement or thinking about an imminent retirement. And they right now may be in an IRA that may, they may feel is underperforming or they may have these other retirement accounts that are really earning interest but aren't really building wealth, so to speak. And uh, what can they do to maybe make some adjustments to their retirement portfolio to make their golden years, shall we say, brighter? I love that, I love that uh, that that expression. Make the gold, the golden years brighter, or the golden years even more golden. Uh, first, yeah, I, I would say you know, especially when you're in that, um, let's say you're in that 59 to 70 bracket, right before you're required to, if you're in a 401k, for instance, as, as you mentioned, or, or some type of an IRA, where you have to start to take your your required minimum distribution. It's a really good idea right. to really sit down, and I love what you just said, Adam. Is it, really take first of all just take an assessment as to where you are versus where you want to be. Uh, and then based on that, if, if you see that there's a gap, I mean, there are lots of different options that someone could, could look at. I mean, I, I, and I know I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, uh, a um, um, financial planner or anything like that, but things that I, people that I've worked with have been able to look at things like moving from an, a traditional IRA into, for instance, a self-directed IRA. Um, where that will work for some people. or A lot of times you may also hear it as an SDIRA, uh, where you actually have control, so it will allow you to, uh, to invest in, let's say, what they call, quote-unquote, non-traditional investments. So that's something where you can have more control over what you invest in. It will allow you to invest in things like commodities, real estate, um, and give you more uh, control, uh, I would say, is one thing. But really it's important to get started and just do an, an analysis as to where you are versus where you want to be. And then based on that, you can decide if you want something that's maybe more uh, aggressive. And when I say aggressive, meaning that it can create big piles of cash, uh, you may decide for something that is in a, in a fix and flip type of opportunity. Or if you're looking for better returns, but in a cash flowing type of asset, you could control that through a self-directed IRA. Um, like, and I, as always, right. I always like to tell people, you know, sit, make sure that you sit down with your qualified uh, 
planner or tax person, and they can really help you understand what are some of the different, um, uh, you know, tax implications of making any type of move like that. But those are those are a couple of the ideas that just come to the top of my head. Well, yeah, and, uh, and you know, one we thing we have to bear in mind when we hear things like that is that every person's situation is different. So there is not yep, necessarily exactly. one one size fits all map. There are guidelines and there are, and there are common points to consider, but everybody has a different retirement portfolio and everybody has a different expectation for what retirement's going to look like. Uh so uh what exactly. are leading Yeah, so what are leading up to this? What are in in your experience, Billy, some of the biggest investment mistakes you've seen people make? The number one thing I would say is, well, there's kind of two things. The, the first thing I would say is just not doing anything. I see lots of people just sitting, having money either sit in a bank account or sitting in some type of plan, and they don't actually do it. They don't look at it at all. They don't understand what the types of returns are. So just as a as a mistake is by taking no action uh, at all right. uh, is the first thing. The, the second thing I would say is, uh, you know, and I have conversations with investors or potential investors every single day, Adam. And the, another thing that I see is there's this, and I don't, I guess it's from TV or, or I, I'm not really sure, but you know, that, that we can, people can make money overnight really quickly if they just put 50, 60, $70,000 in a cheap property, quote unquote cheap property, because they can get a great return. Uh, and my my right. thought to that always is, well, you know what? If you have you know fifty, sixty, seventy thousand, I don't know, a hundred thousand, and you're just you're going to place it somewhere blindly, doing something that you don't know, isn't that kind of just betting? And and you know we we all work too hard as entrepreneurs. We put lots of time and energy and love into what it is that we do. So you know, and you, and you invest in something or quote unquote invest in something without really doing any studying because you're just taking a tip from somebody else. So I would say one is, is being, you know, not taking any action. And then two, just taking action because you perceive it as being cheap or you, you got a tip from someone else that said it's going to be a great deal. Uh, Because a lot of times when that happens, people talk about all of the great things uh, in a particular investment, but they're not necessarily focused on us uh, as entrepreneurs who have worked really hard to, to come up with that capital um, and place it because at the end of the day, when you're investing, by definition, you should want your your money to go out and bring back more money. Um, so I would say those are the, the, so. the main kind of benefits. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Completely agree with you. There. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I checked, if I want my if I'm going to put my money to work, I don't want it to go to sleep. I want it to be uh, doing its part to bring more money in. That would just be me. But you know, I think. Yeah, I think you hit some really good points, though, in terms of some of the mistakes that you've seen people make. And I think a big one is just take something and throw it at a property. And I have seen a lot of those opportunities, you know, invest in properties cheap and, and you know, watch your returns turn around. Well, if the, the question I ask, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, actually, if uh, I'm being told to invest in a $5,000 house or a house that I can get for $5,000, and that's supposed to be the key to my wealth, I mean – is there like some like magic beans involved in that somehow? Because I never quite understood <laughs> that one. It's something, Adam, that it's difficult for me to understand, not only from that perspective, but when you're looking at a rental property to provide cash flow for you, number one, yes, if it's only 5000 and I'm sure that there are people that, that are specialized in that and they understand how to make those types of assets work, but for the average right. person – or the average entrepreneur who's been out there working really hard and they want to put their capital, you need the, the question I would say that you need to ask yourself is who is actually going to rent from you, number one, in, in that house that costs right. you $5,000? And number two, are you the person or is your company the company that is best equipped to handle the family or the person that's going to be living in that $5,000 asset that you just purchased? And if the answer to that question is no, you should probably run really fast the other way because no matter how cheap it is, it's going to be, it's going to cost you a whole lot of money, probably a lot of headaches and many, many sleepless nights. Tough questions. I know, but things we do have to answer and be aware of before we dive into things like this, because 
yeah, you raised Definitely. some really, really, really good points, Billy. Is uh, and and I think that applies. Uh, I mean, we can leave socioeconomics out of it, actually. And I think when you get into any rental situation or anything where you're planning to uh, invest in a property that somebody else is going to live in, you have to look at: Are you prepared to deal with the fact that you're going to have other human beings living in your property? Yep, that should I completely give a lot of agree with you. Right there. Actually, give a lot of people pause Definitely. right there because it is uh, it is uh, in many cases easier said than done. Because people have been coming to me for years and say, "Oh man, well, you should invest in something. You should you should do this. You should do that. You should you should be buying houses." It's like, what? So I can have other people live in them? Do I really want these landlord headaches? Uh, of course, I could pay for a management company, but. Still, now you have to sit on top of them to a certain extent. So you have to decide if that's always the easiest way to make money. So we're not trying to discourage anybody, but we don't want you. We want you to go into this with your eyes wide open in terms of what you're getting into. Now, uh, from what I heard from you earlier, Billy, in terms of the, doing some of the long distance real estate work, uh, what are some of the things that you have done and you have accomplished in your business model that make these uh, things that we describe less of an issue for you? Well, you know, I, what, I, what, we, what we like to do is really think about who is our customer. And, and right now we have two, two customers primarily. Number one is for the, for the rental properties that we own, we need to make sure that we are providing uh, the clean, safe, affordable housing that, uh, that, our, that our residents are looking for. Uh, and then also for our investors, because one of the things that has also uh, happened is that we have a number of investors that are now working with us. And when, when I think about, for instance, some of the entrepreneurs that we work with, it is, it's a matter of being able to say every single day we get up because we love what we do as entrepreneurs. It is what motivates us. It's the fire in our belly, and we love being able to focus on that. And if that's 20 hours a day, it's because we love doing it. And we find a number right. of our, uh, especially entrepreneurial investors that have children, I always like to think of it this way. You know, when you're going to – do your, you're going to work, whether you're a solopreneur or you, you have two or three or ten employees, um, you want to be able to focus on that. And you also think about your, your children. And so when your children are going to school every day, you want to be able to see that at the end of the year, you're dropping your children off every day, and you know that your children are being well taken care of. They're being well educated. They're getting physical fitness. They're, they're, they're eating well. And at the end of the year, you see a growth in your child because you're able to focus on what it is that you love and do every single day, all day, and then spend time with the family. In a very similar way, we like to think of uh, being able to provide that type of value at, for our uh, for our investors, our, our especially those that are that are entrepreneurial or in, even in the in the corporate world, because we want you to be able to do what you do best. Think about that, and then in the same way that you have. It, your your child to go to school and grow over a period of time, we want to be able to help you grow your your funds over a period of time. So we look at it in the very same way, and we also want to be able to treat um, our investors in that way so that they have a great experience and that they see growth uh, over a period of time while they're focused on building value and building um, building value for their uh, their clients every single day. Right. Uh, yeah. And and again, because we're we're talking about developing uh, a lifestyle. So uh, what's Correct. very exciting about your and what's very exciting about your story, and you alluded to this just a little bit um, inside the um, inside the green room before we went live here, is uh, you told me that in the span mm -hmm. of just eighteen months you were able to produce nearly five figures in monthly revenue. For some of our listeners, that is the difference between struggling and thriving. Mm. Yeah. You, you, you know what? And, 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 it's, and it comes through, and it's the same in, in the same way that a lot of our, a lot of the entrepreneurs in a similar light, we, we, we spend long, crazy hours, and, but it's because it's something that we love doing. And when we see the benefits um, of that, and, and you know, the the, the five figures uh, of recurring monthly revenue stream. That's one thing. It's also to be able to think about the 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 housing that we're providing for uh, families locally. The fact that we're also part of the ecosystem, creating jobs uh, for contractors, for attorneys, for brokers, uh, for for um, 
um, for um, lenders, uh, for those that help us with the with with the inspections of our properties, and and it's really fulfilling to be able to know that we our company is now part of that ecosystem that is driving, and one of the results is being able to create um, five figures of, of of revenue every month. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So. Um, I guess uh, I guess here's another question: Is you know mm-hmm. what is driven you to want to share this with the world? Uh, you're here on the Business Creators Radio Show. I know you've been making the rounds of some other entrepreneurial podcasts and radio shows as well. So uh, you know it's great that you developed this model for long distance real estate investing. Uh, what is passionately driving you to share it with the world? So number the, the first thing is I just want. I want to be able to share with other people because if you have a dream of doing something, whether it's because that's something that you just knew from day one or you're someone like me that was just an accidental thing, um, the the only limits we put are the limits that we – the only limits that people that that are placed on us are the ones that we place on ourselves. As The more and more I go out and tell people about being able to invest long distance, what I've started to see is it also inspires someone maybe that lives in Tulsa and they've thought about investing in St. Louis, but they thought it was so far that they didn't want to do it. Or people that are living in Switzerland that thought about investing in the U.S. that they wanted to do it, or Australia and the United States or, or anything. So just the fact that being able to share, I've started to see that it's helping other people realize that they're not alone. And that they can do things that, what you know, some people may think it's crazy. There, a guy lives in Barcelona and invests in the United States, so it seems less crazy to from Tulsa to invest in St. Louis. So that that's really inspiring. And then also the fact that um, I'm just you, you, I received this information, and people have told me, Billy, you should go out and share more of what it is that you're doing, so that others can understand and learn from what it is that you're doing or, or you know, potentially be inspired or even realize that, hey, listen, even though as an entrepreneur, I love what it is that I'm doing every single day, I realize that if I'm not as a, as a consultant or as an attorney or as a doctor, if I'm not going out there and I'm not with my patient or my client, I'm not actually generating revenue. So there are other alternative ways to be able to do what I love all, thing, all day, every day, and at the same time, know that I have another stream of income and that there is no single point of failure. So just off the top of my head, those are kind of the reasons that I've been inspired by other people to go out and share the story. And I'm hoping that being able to share story, this story will help to break down some of the barriers that we sometimes put on ourselves as entrepreneurs and we realize that it's just a matter of figuring out how we solve the next problem to be able to help others and to be able to contribute. Yeah. Uh, so where does it go from here? Uh, I mean, do you plan to just uh, continue doing the long-distance real estate investing? Do you plan? Do you have an idea of where you want to go next with all this? Uh, are you looking to start a movement here? Are you looking to help a select group of people? Uh, wh- where are we going? Well, there's a couple of things. So right now, I, I thought that this was just going to be about 10 properties in five years, but it's grown, it's grown beyond that. And so I want to, number one, continue to inspire others. So I, I guess movement is probably a big word. I think that happens just as a result of getting feedback and the fact that the matter is I continue to get feedback from others. Um, but I would like to – I would love for people to continue the types of mails that I get to say, look, Billy, you, it was an inspiration, and I'd really like to learn more from what you're doing. Um, so that's one portion, I guess the movement's probably a big word, but if it becomes that great, right. um, another thing where I've seen where I'm helping people, uh, specifically is, as I mentioned before, there are investors that have now decided that whether they're in Europe or they're in Latin America, or even back in the U S a lot back in the U S have decided, Hey, look, I love what I'm doing during the day. And I never even thought about real estate. I never thought about a way to be able to passively be involved, but receive the benefit. So I don't have to worry about. Uh, paying for the next family vacation. Uh, I know that my capital is actually working for me. Um, that's also been another area where I see that I'm able to help uh, people. So by being able to work with uh, entrepreneurs, working with uh, corporates, uh, people that are working in the corporate nine to five, or I guess I call it nine to five, but really nowadays it's probably seven in the morning until 11 at night or whenever your iPhone or whatever the device you turn off is. Um, so, so those right. are the areas where I so far, I'm perceiving that I'm helping 
other people, and my company is now helping other people. So I'm the inspiration and also uh, working with uh, working with a, a select group of investors. Right, 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 and that and that's and that's really great. So, uh, I mean, do you see this as being your side hustle for the foreseeable future? Um, is is that is that what we're doing with this? Well, you know, I never want to say that it's something that I would do that uh, that will be a side hustle forever because there will be a there will be a point in time where it will probably make more sense that I focus more on uh, on the the dreams and, and goals that I have of my investors than continue to punch the clock. Uh, I'm not in an absolute rush to 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 get out of the corporate because I enjoy it. Uh, however, there are more and more people that uh, our company is working with every day, and and I could see that that would be a, just kind of a natural a natural transition is to to focus on this full time and and be able to continue to add value to, uh, to to my team and to to our investor pool. Well, see, that's really great, and you know we've heard so much about you know Billy about you and your story and your trajectory from where you started out with this to where it's brought you today and even looking a little bit into the future. And I wanted to ask that last question I asked because I wanted our listeners to hear uh, just in your voice and in how you answered that question, how having this ability to develop cash flow through long distance real estate investing gives you that sense of confidence, that sense of assurance that you have pretty much everything all lined up. Because I speak with people all the time when I ask them, what's the next step? Where is this going from here? Some of the same questions I ask you, the answers come across very tentative, or they find themselves, in some cases, looking at a blank screen. But when you have this type of thing going on and you're able to be innovative and unique about how you do your investing, it can open up a lot more business for you. With that being said, we may have some listeners right now who are thinking, Oh, long-distance real estate investing. So what we'd like to do is um, take this in a slightly different direction. Some of the time we have left here, we're about two-thirds of the way through here. And uh, let's say somebody came to you today. Somebody came to your, your practice and said, Billy, I would like to invest in some real estate, and I'd like to do something long-distance. I'd like to look at my long-distance options. Uh, what would be a good framework for them to follow in getting started with that? Well, the first thing I would say is, is you, and it's part of a process that I have whenever I meet with any new, uh, any new potential investor. And, and and because, as I mentioned before, we like to work with a very select group of people, it, one of the things that I would like to share with you is I'm always interested in making sure that the person is very clear on why they want to generate additional income. And And, and the reason I say that is, I love real estate. I love long-distance real estate. I mean, it's what I do every single day. But more importantly than that is understanding the person that is in front of me and helping them to get very clear on why they want to be able to generate additional revenue. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we wanted the most amount of uh, return and the least amount of work. Well, yeah, that's fine at a surface level, but there are normally real reasons why someone wants to generate extra revenue, uh, get a better return. Um, and, I, and, and my job is to really help them to get clear on why they want to do it. Afterwards is to understand, you know, what is the, now that they're clear on why they want to do it, what is the best type of investment activity for them? As I mentioned before, some people may have very aggressive goals and they, in, in having cash flow uh, very simple, boring base hits may not help get them in the right direction in, in the time that they have. And I want to be the person to help them get clear on that and understand that. Um, at the same time, it may be absolutely what they want because they don't need a lot of additional risk. They just need uh, something that is very secure and sure. Um, so so that's really where where I would start. Uh, and then from there, it's really to help them along the journey until – they figure out, you know, why they why they want what they want, uh, what is the best vehicle for them to do it, and then help them to figure out what is the what is the most appropriate time frame, and just continue to keep the the lines of communication uh, open. And, and you know, Adam, sometimes it works where uh, I sit down with a potential investor, and what they want to do is not actually what my company does, but I want to help them to understand that at least what Keepon does may not help them, but I want to be the person that helps push them in the right direction 
so that they eventually get what it is that they're looking for. Uh, because when I can do that, then although they've gone to do something else with some other company, at least they will see the value that I've been able to help them them, them have. I mean, I just got off of a phone call about an hour, uh, about an hour and a half ago uh, with potential investors, and I, I quite honestly told them that what we do is not best suited for what they're trying to do. So I wanted to push them in a direction that's going to help them. And I think as a result, after the conversation, they are appreciative. I mean, I, got, I even got a thank you note. So that's what I can do as, a, as someone who's helping anyone to look for future investment opportunities, just have that conversation, help them get clear on why and what in the, in the time frames. So hopefully that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense, and that uh, is a pretty good outline of a consultative practice in terms of helping somebody make the decision whether or not this is something – that works well for them. Um, now, try, try, I'm trying to think here if there's anything we have not yet covered because uh, you know this is one of those fast-paced interviews. We're getting a lot of information out very, very quickly. <laughs> so I do encourage all of our listeners to go back to our iTunes channel for a Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure you download this one because Billy's giving you a lot of information in a very short period of time. And this is one of those ones that I'll probably need to listen to a couple times as well as I consider maybe something like this for myself maybe soon or down the road. So I guess um, I guess uh, you know one of the things that I would uh, ask you is uh, let's say somebody came to you and they were interested in doing this and you've already given a general outline of you know what you would do with them. Uh, let's say that they uh, were looking to leverage other people's money because they didn't actually have any cash themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's even uh, in terms in this realm? Well, Adam, I, it's just I I believe that it's a matter of what your um, what you're capable of doing. So I, I I believe that everything is possible. Whether or not it's the right thing for that person that may not have uh, the, the capital themselves, uh, I'm not sure. But let let me give you a framework, and this is something that I learned. Uh, early on, and it's really for, for any entrepreneur. So for, for those of us that are listening, hopefully this will resonate with, with, with you. Uh, whenever you're sure. looking to build a – when you're looking to build a business, it's very important that you have four key elements to build a successful business. Uh, and, and the first is that you need to have – you need to be knowledgeable of, of, about the business that you want to begin to build. Um, you also, as a second item that you need to have, is you need to be able to have the time to continue to invest to build that business. Uh, once you have that, you also need to have credibility or credit to be able to get probably the right. business off the ground. Uh, and you also need to have money. Now, in any business, you need those four key elements. Now, Adam, that doesn't mean that you need to be the person that has all four elements. And I think this goes back to maybe – well, this, this should go back to answering your question. What is important sure. is that if you are the person that does not have the money, however you have time, my recommendation would be that you build up – you use that time to build your knowledge base because then you can become valuable to someone who may have either the credit or the credibility – or the money. So it's just a way to it's a way to be able to work together as a team. And, and any of us that are entrepreneurs, and there's a saying that I love, and it's teamwork makes the dream work. And if you are that person that doesn't have the money, then use what you do have, so that you can eventually team with those that where you can be able to build a strong business together. So. When you're saying, is it possible, I believe if you use that formula, the knowledge, time, money, and credit, and you team with others that have the things that you don't have, then, yes, it does become possible. Great, 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 great. So as we wrap up here, um, you know, we uh, have a number of people who on the Business Creators Radio Show who love to listen for some techniques and tips and strategies for investing 
And uh, so if you could tell us a little bit more about how you actually serve business creators. So let's say somebody were to go to your website or somebody were to contact you, what are some of the, where are some of the things you have available and what are some of the things you do to actually support us? Well, uh, the one thing that I did, uh, I would say if you're looking for a roadmap, so you want more insight into, you know, what is this whole long-distance investing thing about? And um, I, I wanted to make it easy for people. So um, a year and a half ago, I had a, an, an Amazon bestseller. Uh, you, can, you can go there and pick it up. But, Adam, what I'd like to do is give uh, as a gift uh, to your audience and, and for your generosity and kindness, they can pick that book up, that ebook up for free. Uh, if they go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com, um, they can pick that right. book up there, and it's a roadmap to really help them understand more about what is long-distance investing. They can learn from some of the errors that I made so that they don't make the same mistakes and get to um, their part of their financial goals faster. Uh, so that would be the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would also say is in the event that anyone will want to speak to me and ask questions, um, I also make myself uh, available to have a, a a brief call and share voice to voice. Uh, this actually happened a couple times with people in Australia and Switzerland. It's actually a, a lot of fun. Um, but just go to bit bit dot ly forward slash speak with Billy, uh, and there we could talk to you a little bit more. And it's probably for more people that uh, that, that don't have that uh, that barrier. Uh, and then lastly, anyone who just wants to take a look at some of the different articles. Uh, or, or YouTube videos that we're putting out. I mean, there's so much free content out there. And we like to do that from our, our, our homepage, which is at Keep On Cashflow, K-E-E-P-O-N, cashflow.com. And in any of those areas, it can get resources or access to me uh, because I'd really like to continue to help other, uh, other business creators or other people that are looking for creating new alternatives for themselves financially. Oh, great, great, great. Well, you know, this has been uh, one of those very educational episodes where we get a lot of, you know, specific techniques and things to think about uh, when it comes to the idea of investing. And I was very happy to uh, be able to explore this niche of long-distance real estate investing, which, frankly, Billy, until I met you, I'd never even thought of. It never even crossed my mind. So what it goes to show is the more that we are willing to be aware of our surroundings, the more that we can discover that can potentially inform or even modify our trajectory in a ways that very beneficially we never even saw coming. So, uh, Billy, I want to sp thank you so much for uh, taking time to spend with us here today and uh, let you know it's been quite an honor and an education. Well, Adam, I, I really want to thank you. I know I said it in the beginning, but what you're doing for us out here, the, us business creators and those of us that have side hustles and, and, and entrepreneurs, it's really great, uh, lots of valuable content, and thank you for uh, thank you for this platform. It's it's really really awesome. Well, you bet. Yeah, and all, and all of our listeners, uh, we've been speaking with Billy Keels of Keep On Cash Flow. Uh, and you go to the website www.keeponcashflow.com. Keep On Cash Flow dot com. Uh, as I said, Billy, it's been an honor and education, and for everybody listening. This is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.